I'm your host, Laura Lowen, former therapist, go-getter entrepreneur, future church planter, and throwback hip-hop lover. I want to help you implement practical steps on how to live out the abundant life. Listen in on stories of faith, hope, and inspiration as we pursue the abundant, fruitful life together. If you're ready to get cracking on personal and spiritual growth and have some fun while doing so, you're in the right place. All right, well, today I have the hottest man alive in front of me. Yeah. yeah. It's my husband. <laughs> it better be. <laughs> you guys, this is the first time I've done an interview actually in person. So how do you feel about being on the Fruitful Life podcast? Well, I've been listening to every episode, so. You better be. I better be. <laughs> no, it's been, uh, it's been good. It's been encouraging, for sure. Yeah. So I'm excited to be a part of this. So is this your first podcast interview? First time I've been on this end of an interview. Yeah. Yeah. But because obviously for your last job, you were helping to produce, you were like a host. Yeah. I was, I was a host on one of two or three hosts on a youth ministry podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys, he's used to fame. <laughs> used to the spotlight. Oh my gosh. Okay. So. No, Today, we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics. If you have been uh, following along with me for any length of time on Instagram, you know how I feel very passionate about the topic of marriage. And you guys probably know that I'm pretty obsessed with Jason Evans, man sitting right here in front of me. Um, Anyone who's followed you for more than five minutes knows that. That's true. That's true. Yes. So it's kind of funny, I think, because I feel like a lot of married couples don't have that. And I've said this before. I actually said this in the interview that I did with Christina, but how people almost attack me sometimes. I feel like for the way that I gush about you, it's like I make them feel super uncomfortable. It's probably because... I mean, maybe this is off, but I guess it's probably because they think you're being fake. Like they think that on social (laughs) media, you're just putting on a great show. But the reality is if no one else, like as soon as I walk in, I mean, to the house, like from working, uh, you know, if I'm working outside of the home that day, let's be real. Duke's the first one. Yes. Because he's he's bigger and stronger and he'll push his way through anyone. But like after Duke has his turn, I mean, you (laughs) You're, you're right there all over me. I pretty um, much push the kids away to get to you. Yeah, exactly. Like throwing <laughs> elbows, here we come. You're you're just the exact same way if it's just you and I, you know, grossing our kids out. And they're actually getting that age where they actually get grossed out. I think most of the group's playing. But um, you're, you're just that same way, whether it's just the two of us or you're on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. Right. So what do you, when you think about... And yeah, we're going to get to the actual topic here soon, folks. Don't don't worry. Stay tuned. Okay, this is, we're, just, we're just getting started here. We're going to get to the actual topic of how do you keep the fire alive in your marriage, especially after kids. But I just wanted to, to ask you so you can let everyone know. I thought, let's just embarrass the crap out of me right now. Like, let's just do it. Okay? Let's rip the freaking Band-Aid off. What are some of the phrases that I say to you most often? Because with that, like if I truly am the same person online as in person, which I think I totally am, I really try to be. When you think about what are like 
these are like the things that Laura says to me repeatedly, kind of in that gushy, mushy way. Yeah, I mean, constantly saying things. Well, even the way you open this episode, <laughs> hottest <laughs> guy ever. Uh, things like that, constantly saying, saying stuff about how. Like, you're just totally 100% obsessed with me. Uh, <laughs> like, I actually was hot. I'm like, Jason, I'm obsessed with you. <laughs> yeah, probably three, four times a day, whether we're, like, on the phone or in person or whatever it might be. Or Yeah. So. And how handsome you are. Yeah. Constantly talking about, about that or, like. I like your tush. Yep. <laughs> tush, my face, my eyes, like, whatever. Like, you're just, you're constantly, you know, gushing about something about me. Mm-hmm. And how does that make you feel? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I good. I mean, definitely, definitely know that I'm loved. Definitely know that that our marriage is super strong. And obviously, never have to question how you feel about me because I'm always, Cause telling, always you, telling you. Always. <laughs> yeah. So th- this would be a good time to talk about our love languages. <laughs> so I would, I would love for you to tell the listeners. What are our main love languages? Yeah. Our, well, that's a trick question for me, but go ahead. <laughs> I think most people could probably gather that your main love language is words of encouragement. Um, what? Yeah. I mean, obviously, even just the way you talk to me and about me, but then, you know, for, for those of you guys who've been paying attention to Laura for any length of time, you know that she's a super encouraging person. She's always calling stuff out of people that you know, that, that the Lord has put in them and she's drawing that out and say, man, like God made you this way. And this is so fantastic. And, you know, keep living in that. So that's definitely her words of encouragement. Mine is, is quality time and acts of service are definitely the two that kind of compete with each other depending on the day. Yeah, no, that's true. So it's funny because with me like gushing over you all the time, that's obviously very much words of affirmation or words of encouragement. Like you put it, it's really one and the same. So it's kind of funny because you guys, Jason does not need the words of affirmation. He does not. So for me, like, I enjoy I, them, but don't need them. <laughs> right, right. I like, I relish it. Store it up in a treasure box type deal, you know? And, and if you haven't gotten a word of encouragement or a word of affirmation from me, you'll like actually come to me. Tell me something you really like about me. Uh-huh. <laughs> You'll just like tee it up for me. Like I need something right now. Just putting me on blast at my own <laughs> podcast. It's fine. But here's the thing though. I know that I can go to Jason with that, but you will not find, I do not go to my friends. I don't go to Instagram. I don't go to my other family members. And I'm not like, you guys compliment me. Uh, I don't do that. But I mean, the reason I do it with you is because you are, my safest person. And so I know, but. <laughs> and, and you also know that words of affirmation is not on the top of my list. No. And, and I, and I think that it's been a healthy thing in our relationship and, and just, you know, going to the topic of like how to keep yeah. know, romance alive. Yep. Like what, like we're here. Like guys. We're here. Okay, we're, we're here. here. Um, we're here. <laughs> I think that to understand each other's love languages and for you to understand that, like, that's not mine Mm -hmm. and then so for you to be like hey jason like i I need something right now (laughs) like i need you to love me in the way that i need to be loved (laughs) i I, it's it's helpful for me um, because my my go-to my bent would be you know like right now i got my work clothes on you know and uh, i'm getting ready to go outside and paint our house yeah because you have said repeatedly (laughs) that you hate the way that the outside of our house looks and you would love it to look this way 
And so even though I'm working, you know, 60, 70, 80 hours a week and my one day off, like I'm going to go paint the house. And we're painting it white. We're doing like full blown farmhouse, mm -hmm. like fixer upper style white with the windows, black trim. And yeah, I mean, the, the house, truth be told, the house does need to be repainted. Oh, and and like, a few a few things do need to be cleaned up. But like you, the house hasn't been painted since it was built like 25 years ago. Right. But you do a lot of those things for me. I think you do it kind of with me in mind. And then the kind of comical thing can be and, and also can actually get get hard and provide a lot of tension in marriage is that you do things thinking, well, I'm going to serve Laura in this way. And I'm like, tell me I'm pretty and spend time with me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but that that's where it comes in handy to like know that. And so for me to take a step back and look at, you know, when you put oil in my car, when you are painting the house, when you're doing these different things, it's your way of, you know, shouting from the mountaintops, Laura, I love you. And then I just need to remind myself to take it in that way as I'm sure like, even though you are actually hearing from me. I love you. I'm obsessed with you. Da, 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 da. For you, you probably have to remind yourself, this is Laura's way of showing me love, even though acts of service are not high on my list. And I really struggle with acts of service, Do, doing them, I feel mm -hmm. like. And like, I will, I've legitimately asked you, obviously multiple times, what, what are acts of service to you? And then just full transparency, I'll be like, okay, so if we have sex, although it's not transactional, <laughs> thank goodness. Like, okay, so there's sex. And then like, if I make your lunch sometimes for work and like I cook you dinner most nights, not so much in the summer, but like I cook you dinner most nights. What else, what else is left? There's sex and food. What else is left? <laughs> I mean, seriously, what else is there in life? Right? <laughs> what else is there? Mary life, that is. <laughs> With me primarily working outside of the home, you know, then there's, you know, the laundry and the cleaning. But, you know, I know with you working full time on your business and mm -hmm. obviously doing this podcast and lots of other things like, you know, we've had to come to that place where we've had conversations like, hey, doing the laundry and cleaning isn't your job versus my job. It's something that needs to get done, which is part of the reason why we hired someone to clean our bathrooms and clean different parts of the home that we don't need to get cleaned regularly. Otherwise, it gets disgusting. But, you know, just with how busy you are and recognizing that like you do a full-time job here in the home. And, and obviously you're here more often than not, like when the kids are home from school. And so like, you can't do work while the kids are coming home while you're picking them up and whatnot. So we've definitely had to have lots of conversations about, you know, what, what sort of expectations I brought into marriage, mm -hmm. you know, based on things that like my mother did that just isn't reality for you and for our relationship. And so we had right. to, have those conversations and kind of figure out. And and that's, that's key is communication. Like if we can just give you guys another nugget right now. Right. I mean, it's, it's knowing how the other person is wired. And so for a lot of you listening, you might be like, well, I'm not exactly sure. Or my husband isn't willing to take the Enneagram test or whatever. Like he doesn't have to, but be a student of your spouse. You know, you don't necessarily have to know his Meyer Briggs or his Enneagram. Although if you did a deep dive, I would definitely start with the Enneagram. You could pretty easily figure it out. Even the five love languages is super basic. It's a very high, high level. And I mean that like in the best way, it's super easy to understand. So like 
if you try to understand your spouse, you will know how to love them better. And then I always tell people this magical thing that happens in marriage where you love your spouse better and you keep loving them and serving them. They will always want to love you and serve you back. It may not happen overnight. So you got to stick with it. And I think yeah, it's small deposits over time make a huge difference for sure. Look at you with your inspirational quotes. <laughs> no, it is. No, it is. That's good. I, I, I love that. I think, you know, what you're saying about being a student at your spouse, I mean, you have to do that. You know, I, I know like for you, well, it's not one of your, it's not your top love language. Obviously it's word of affirmation, words of affirmation, but you also love gifts. I do. And, <laughs> uh, and, and that's definitely something that I feel like I've done a pretty good job at. Um, you, you have done a good like, job. You know, over over the course of months, like you'll you'll drop hints, and your hints usually aren't very subtle. It's usually like, no. man, I really want <laughs> this, and like, there, I don't think there's anything about me that's subtle. subtle <laughs> um, but no, knowing that, like, maybe whatever the this is that you want is maybe a little bit outside of a you know price range. Just mm-hmm. go to the store and pick it up in that moment. Right. Um, like the latest one was the Nespresso machine. Right. right. The, the rock star of all coffee makers. Yes. Um, and uh, you were you were drooling over that online, I don't know, probably back in like, I don't know, October, November, mm-hmm. or something like that. When I was making my Christmas list. You were making your Christmas list. And uh, and did I get that for Mother's Day? Mother's Day, yeah. yeah. So, you know, you talked about it a little bit during, you know, that season of making your Christmas list, like October, November. And then I just remembered it. You know, it wasn't something that you talked about all the time for the next three, four months. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when you opened it up, like you were, you were, first of all, you were super surprised. You're like, I have no idea what you got me. And then you open it up and just like went berserk mm-hmm. um, because you were super excited about it. So again, like, as you said, like being a student of your spouse, like really listening, really paying attention. You know, I think the other thing too is, you know, I mentioned it earlier just briefly, but I, I think that as a couple, the more conversations that you can have about, what your parents' relationship was like, I think yes. is going to shed a ton of light and a ton of, ton of insight for you, for you and for your marriage as to uh, what sort of expectations a person's bringing into the marriage. And I, and I think too, with that, to let your spouse make observations and speak into it without getting, as I like to say, your panties in a bunch about it. For sure. Like, I should be able to make observations about your parents' marriage to you, obviously within the context of just our relationship, without you getting upset about it. Because I'm because it's not me trying to be like, let me come down on everything. It's like, let's try to understand this better. Mm-hmm. And I and I think that's where a lot of people get tripped up is I, I see it happening or I see a potential for it to happen with a lot of relationships that if the wife or the husband were to, let's take the husband, for example, okay? If the husband were to come to the wife and be like, hey, like, I've noticed your parents do X, Y, and Z. Well, then all of a sudden, the wife is like on the defensive. She's super pissy. And she's like, oh, my parents don't do that. Even if she knows dang well they do it. And I, th- I think part of that's because we we approach life as if our experiences are normative. Like mm-hmm. whatever we experienced growing up, whatever we saw in our parents for better or for worse, we just assumed that everyone had a very similar sort of experience. Right. And so we read our experiences into every other situation in life. Mm-hmm. And, and and I think, you know, part of what, what I was getting at was I think it's important to like maybe on a date night, mm-hmm. uh, on, a, on, a, on a time when you're like, man, like th- this is time for us to actually connect and have these sorts of conversations mm-hmm. as opposed to just 
in the middle of, let's say, like a family gathering or like, you know, a vacation when you're all together and your extended family's together and you crawl in bed at night and you're like, did you see what your parents do? That's why you always do that. Yeah. No. Not a good idea. Not making Uh, accusatory statements. Yeah. Yeah. It it has to be in the right context. In the context when things are, you know, going well, like maybe the kids are at school and you're, you're able to sit down and, you know, have a conversation with each other. And like, it's intentionally having that conversation and maybe even teen it out say, Hey, I, I've noticed some things about your parents. Can, can we have a couple minutes to, to talk about this? So like mm-hmm. actually asking for permission um, to have that conversation so that you can allow your wife or your husband to, to kind of get in that right frame of mind so that there's not defensiveness, so that there's not like an arguing mentality about, because this is just, Hey, this is just my observation. Like this is my perception of what I saw in your parents. And maybe in that moment, like there was a bad moment and like you saw something that wasn't true over the long term and allow your spouse to, you know, correct that observation. But maybe there's a lot of truth in that. Maybe in that conversation, like I know you've seen a lot of things in my parents and I was, as I've been thinking about it, like, yeah, they do do that. Like that is part of their relationship. And that has certainly colored the way that, you know, I'm expectations I'm bringing into marriage for sure. Mm-hmm. And then I, I think too, like, yeah, looking at your parents' relationship, looking at your spouse's parents' relationship, um, or maybe lack thereof. And then looking at like, how has that shaped your marriage? And then I think just coming into marriage or maybe waking up to 10, 15 years later in marriage, like it's, it's never too late. It is never too late to work on your marriage. It is never too late to decide, you know what? Like we're going to give this thing a go. We've done a piss poor job previously. We're actually going to like try to do this thing. So I think too, it's, it's understanding that your spouse is not your parent. And I think that's really huge. And I think the sooner we can wake up to that, the better. And I think like for us, obviously, you know, our relationship dynamic is always going to be different than my parents' relationship dynamic or your parents' relationship dynamic. And quite frankly, I want it to be very different. And that's not because anything is necessarily right or wrong or whatever. It's mainly personality and it's mainly preference. And also me being an eight, I want things done the way I want it when I want it, you know, and I want to be my own person. I had no idea that that's who you were. I know. Learning so much in this podcast. So much. I'm really glad, glad you could be a part. You know, I I think, you know, kind of circling back to the topic of, you know, keeping romance Mm -hmm. alive after kids. One of the things I feel like, and some of this was very intentional and some of it is just because of our personality that it's really easy. And, and, and this isn't us, but I've seen it happen in lots of marriages where after you have kids, like that's all you talk about. That's all you yes. do is just raise your kids and your marriage, you relate, your entire relationship becomes consumed with, you know, oh, he's two years old. Look at all the cute things. Like, but we've had so many things throughout the last, you know, well, since we had kids nine years that we've, you know, big projects, big moves, things going on, like your businesses, um, the work that I've been doing in ministry, mm-hmm. you know, lots of different things that we've been doing together. And some of the most difficult times in our marriages when we didn't have things that we were working on together. And right. Specifically, I think, you know, the, the season that we were out in Denver when mm-hmm. we, you know, really didn't have a ministry that we were doing together. Yeah, um, that, was hard. that was, that was really, really difficult for us. And now that we're back here in Michigan, you know, we have a ton of ministry opportunities and ministry isn't the only thing that you can do together, but it's, it's kind of the path that, you know, the Lord has pushed our lives down. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but anyone can serve together. Yeah. I mean, and you can you can volunteer at church, and I mean, God wants us to serve in our local church. And, he and just does. So yeah, absolutely. And even if you're not a Jesus follower, mm-hmm. like I I would say, you know, th- this is going to make your marriage better. Right. Period. Like, yeah. It, so it's not the local church. If you're not a Jesus follower, like this, fine, you're off the hook. But you're not off the hook and serving together. Like go, go find a food pantry, go find yeah, totally. something for you to do together. If you want your marriage to be better. Um, I a hundred percent believe that as a Jesus follower, your marriage will be better, but serving together, whether you're a Jesus follower or not, like serve together, find something to do together. Um, something that is not just raising your children. Right. Um, be- well, I think, and, and I talk about this a lot, how people lose themselves. They think specifically women, you don't really see men losing themselves, quote unquote, to parenthood that much, but you see women do it all the time. It's like they, they get sucked into their identity of being a mom and it's like all they know. And so, you know, for you ladies who are listening, which I'm pretty sure is the vast majority of this audience, I would really encourage you to read books, listen, you're listening to a podcast. So that's great. You know, fill your mind with things other than like toddler babble and being a mom is great. It's great. Okay. But it's not the end all be all. Like I'm sure we can all agree on that. And so what I found to be helpful is in those seasons where I was in the absolute thick of motherhood, when I had other things to talk to Jason about, maybe I watched the news that day. Okay. Maybe not really, but like, let's just say for for example's sake, okay? If I had something to talk to Jason about, or there was this book that I read, or whatever it was, like we could have conversations about things. And that's why serving together is so great because not only is that shared experience, but it's also another like stake in the sand for conversations that you can have. So I think that's really huge. And yeah, not to let like your kids take over your life. And so, I mean, I know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of you tuned in and you, you know, you saw the title and you were thinking like, well, geez, like way to keep the romance alive. We're going to be talking about like maybe some lingerie and like sex tips or something. I mean, I don't know. That could be another episode for another but, time. But, but, I but <laughs> the reality is like, if, if you don't have anything to talk about, your marriage is going to grow stale no, and is. then you're going to leave all the laundry in the closet. You're never going to get it out. Yes. I'm so glad that you brought that up. Here's one thing I really, really wanted to talk about because correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that men could easily get in bed with their wives if they're not feeling super emotionally connected. I think my perception is that men can, how do I put this? Men, men like to feel more emotionally connected to their wife. That's definitely their preference. And, and it makes that physical experience that much greater. But if left with the choice, sex or no sex, like, you're going to choose every time you're going to choose sex. Right. But for us women, 99.9% of the time, we want that emotional connection there first. And so, but then here's the deal, ladies, it cannot be a hundred percent on your husband. So you may be sitting here listening to this and you may be like, yeah, Laura, you're right. And that's exactly why my husband hasn't gotten any for a while because he doesn't take the time to listen to me. He doesn't take the time. And then I want, I would shoot right back at you. And I would be like, when's the last time you took interest in what he's doing? When's the last time you literally shut up about your kids and you had something else to talk about and you were speaking to your husband like a intelligent, loving adult who wants to be in relationship with him, not just the mother of his kids. And what, 
what what drew you to your spouse in the first place? Like, I mean, if you have nothing else to, you know, think about in this moment, like, why did I fall in love with this person in the first place? Right. You know, and I mean, it certainly wasn't because we had kids together. Like, <laughs> no, that came later. Right. Hopefully. And, and so, I mean, just just really processing, like, why why did I fall in love with this person? And, you know, we, we do have lots either in common or we have lots of differences and that's what drew us together or whatever it might be pursue your spouse and and mm -hmm. the 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 physical and the emotional like they're they're so intertwined they like, are you can't say well i have you know for the guy like if i have sex then we'll have the emotional connection because even for us as guys like we it, it's it is intertwined mm -hmm. um it's maybe less of a direct connection but the reality is we do enjoy that emotional connection mm -hmm. but sure yeah we would if left for the choice choose <laughs> sex over no sex but uh, it is so intertwined, like your physical, your emotional, your spiritual, like mm -hmm. it's so intertwined. And so you can't, you can't just only pursue one because if you only pursue one or only pursue two, like your, your marriage is inevitably going to start collapsing right from underneath you. Right. Well, and I, I think too, you know, sometimes people can have like the chicken before the egg when it comes to like emotional and physical intimacy. But I think the reality is if you are more emotionally connected, you are going to be far more inclined to want to be physically intimate with your spouse versus if you if you feel like you don't even know the person that you're sharing a bed with or maybe worse, just sharing a house with, I feel like there's no way you're going to want to be like, yeah, let's go hang out in the bedroom, you know? But then, but then the awesome thing is too, and I think this is what women often forget, is that at least a lot of women that I've talked to that that when you have that physical intimacy, then you also have an increased desire to be more emotionally connected, which is obviously helpful for both parties. So the the answer isn't just communicate more and the answer isn't just have more sex, but it's like, what if we worked on both of these like together? You know? Yeah, I agree. You know, one, one of the things I would say is a non-negotiable. If you, if you want to work on your marriage, um, is you have to have a regular date night. Mm -hmm. And it and it can't just be on one person to make that happen all the time. And I know, like, you and I have both, you know, gone through seasons where it's like, oh, I'm expecting the other person to get this figured out. Mm -hmm. We both have always wanted it, uh, wanted to have date night. But we've both gone through seasons where... I know for myself, like I've been so busy that I just, it just hasn't even crossed my mind. And I've been so busy that the, whether it's because of traveling or projects or whatever, that the idea of going out again is just like, oh my gosh, I don't want to go out again. I just want to like sit down and like do nothing for 10 minutes. Like, can you just give me 10 minutes? But then every, every time we've gone out, like it's always been a blast. Like I'm always so grateful that we, you know, are able to go out and do something or have dinner or whatever it might be. And, and I think that, you know, you, you've done a good job of saying, Hey, Jason, like it's been, you know, four minutes since our last date. Um, can you, can we, can we go now? Not really four minutes, but you know, that, usually, that's how I feel. yeah, usually it's like, you know, it's been six, seven, eight, nine days. Like let, let's have another date night. Like let's, let's call my mom. Like we're now we're blessed because your mom's right here. Right. You know? So what, what about that? What about people that are like, we have no money. We can't afford a babysitter. We don't live by family. My family's not willing because I think what happens is when this conversation comes, and obviously we're going to have to wrap up here soon, 
what happens with this conversation is people are really quick to like rattle off the excuses. Well, we, we, had so I, of, we had lots of excuses while we were in, uh, while we were in Denver because we didn't have family. The cost of living was so stinking high. I mean, we, we actually, we did hire a babysitter one time and uh, we never clarified what her going rate was before we left. And we get back and like the babysitting cost more than the date itself. Mm-hmm. And it was like, well, and she didn't do anything. And she didn't do anything. <laughs> Toys were all over the house. Dishes were messy and in the sink. It was like, really? What did we pay you? Like $60 for like three hours or whatever. To have our kids watch a movie. To have our kids watch a movie. Like <laughs> We could have left them home yeah, alone. We wouldn't have, just to clarify, <laughs> podcast audience, we would not have done that at seven years old. So we definitely had those uh, uh, had those excuses. I mean, I, I would say you can, you can, we've done at-home dates. We haven't done them a lot, but we have done that. Like after the kids go to bed. Um, we will get feed the kids dinner and maybe turn a movie on and then like we'll have dinner or after they've gone to bed, like go to a bonfire outside. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a good one. I, and I think that, you know, the, the other thing is, especially if, if you do attend a church, like get plugged into a small group or yes. get plugged into a group of friends uh, or maybe you're not in the church and you have a group of other moms, you know, or, or, or couples do babysitting exchange. Like then yeah, it doesn't cost you a thing. That is the best one because everyone wins. You get the blessing of helping out your friends so that they can go on a date night. And then you also get the other blessing of you get to go on date night. So like Jason said, you could be, this could be, you know, a group of ladies at a mom's group, people who are in your small group at church, like whatever it is, this babysitting exchange, just ask one of... Don't don't assume that other people already have that idea or that other people already have babysitters that they are locked in like you know we, we tend to be friends with people that are just like us which means financially there's probably a lot of very similar mm-hmm. situations and so if you're struggling to find people to watch your kids like don't assume that yeah. everyone else has it all figured out right just just yes. ask and I think one of the things that was a roadblock for me with getting babysitters and doing the whole babysitter exchange thing in Denver was I assumed because most of the people we were friends with out there they had family in the area. So I assumed they always have babysitting taken care of. How in the world can I possibly ask them to watch my kids when they never need a babysitter? But here's what I found out. Actually, some of our best friends out there, yes, they had family out there, but their family wasn't willing to watch their kids or they were too busy. And I mean, that's that's a whole separate topic. But then my heart broke for them because I was like, oh my gosh, like your family's here and they're not even willing to watch. And Maybe that's the the case for you. You know, maybe maybe your parents have a million grandkids and you know that you can't ask them to watch your kids because they have all these other grandkids. So maybe that's one. Maybe it's just your mom around and you know, maybe maybe she's single for whatever reason and maybe she's just really stressed out. Maybe her health isn't that great. Maybe she just she loves your kids, but she like doesn't super love being around little kids. I mean, there's, there's a million reasons why, even with family in town, that someone might not have a babysitter. So I was shocked when we started proposing this idea of the babysitter exchange, because even here we had like three other couples who they all had family in the area and we didn't, and they all still needed babysitters. So, I mean, after doing that a couple of times for dinner dates, 
we ended up even doing like an overnight date. We did. So that's that's a total possibility. And I I think too that's that's another thing that we should probably end with here and we can wrap it up. But I think to do a regular date night and don't eye roll, don't be the person listening who says we can't do that. Be the person that says, you know what? Where there's a will, there's a way, and I'm gonna make it work. Okay, but like also to figure out a way to do overnight dates. I think if you can aim to do two a year. Now, this does not have to be a lavish. Like Cancun vacation yeah, or something. week-long tropical yeah. vacation. I mean, that's that's the real deal right there. I but, mean, honestly, we talk about doing that all the time. We do. We really do. <laughs> yeah. But. I, I, I do think to what, you're, to what you're saying, like, have a conversation with your spouse and establish what you want your rhythms to be as mm -hmm. far as your, your dates, your overnights, and even your vacations. And you and I have had several conversations about that. Like, Let's our, go to Mexico today. Yeah, let's do that. No, we don't <laughs> want to do that. But it's like, we want to have date night, ideally every seven days, mm -hmm. 10 days at the most. And yep. by six, seven days, we don't have something planned. Like either you're coming to me, well, you, you're coming to me, let's be honest, <laughs> and saying, hey, like get on, get back on it, let's go, let's go. Right. And then, yeah, we, we since, since Landon was born, we actually had our very first overnight date. Landon was born in November. Two, it was two months after he was and, born. And it was like the first week of January. And I know. Yes. Two months after it my like firstborn. One night away. Like it wasn't. Yeah, it was one night. And we were downtown Chicago and we were living in the Chicago suburbs. And so Landon was with my parents in the Western 45 suburbs. Minutes 45 away. minutes away. So I think that's but another thing is that stay in a hotel in your town. It doesn't have to be expensive at all. You know, you can make things work where you're not having to go to like crazy expensive restaurants and whatever, or stay two towns away, you know, to experience something a little bit different. There's Airbnb. There's so many options now. What I really love about Airbnbs for overnight dates is that you can cook your own food. So if you really need to save as much money as possible, or you're looking to save money, that's another really good option. So Anyways, I know we're going to have a bunch more podcast episodes like this. Hey, guys, if you liked this episode and you're like, I love this flow between you guys, I would love for you to comment on my latest Instagram post. And I would love for you to just say, Laura, I just listened to your episode with you and your husband. Can you guys cover the topic of fill in the blank next time? Because we would both love to know what that is, because I think Jason Evan is probably going to be my best little podcast person here. But thanks for listening, guys. Have a good one. Hey, guys. If you like this episode, I hope you'll consider subscribing to the Fruitful Life podcast on iTunes, sharing it with your friends, and showing it some love on social media. For a newbie show like mine, those reviews are everything. Thank you so much for tuning in. To stay in touch with all things Fruitful Life, you can check out lifeasalowen.com or follow me on Instagram, lowen.